Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 519th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is Rose Zhang winning yesterday's LPGA tournament up in Jersey City, uh, winning in her first professional golf tournament. She's the first LPGA golfer to do it since 1951, soon after the LPGA was established. So Rose uh, is on the verge of being, and maybe already is to a degree now, the next big thing. She, uh, I think LeBron James when he was in high school, uh, the chosen one, and Rose has been uh, just fresh off winning her second straight NCAA championship individual. So she's won it the past two years in a row, and I think the most recent was literally within the past two weeks. And uh, I first became aware of her when I watched the, uh, the week before the Masters. She was involved in a amateur championship there, I believe, and uh, won that. And her resume is just beyond sparkling. Um, To put it mildly, she is potentially the greatest women's amateur player ever. I think she has the credentials to prove that now. And now she just bursts on the scene. Uh, The talk leading into the tournament was whether or not she'd make the cut. Uh, Upper Liberty National uh, sitting on Jersey City side, uh, right by the Statue of Liberty with the skyline of Manhattan in the backdrop. So a great, great uh, atmosphere and views, to say the least, panoramas of the Manhattan skyline. But anyway, perfect, perfectly appropriate for such a debut as we saw yesterday. Uh, I tuned in around, I watched a couple of the previous first few days uh, but I tuned in yesterday at around 5 o'clock as soon as it came on the Golf Channel live. And it was riveting, and I watched for three and a half hours. Uh, went into two overtime holes, uh, and she held on to win. And uh, just terrific, terrific theater. It was, you know, again, live on the Golf Channel. It was a big deal. And... So you have to wonder 
sitting here today after, again, this historic victory, if she is uh, is going to become, you know, the person who takes the LPGA to the next level. It's already at a high level. I covered the tournament at Pelican and down here in Bel Air, Florida, last November. They're coming back again this November, except this time Rose should be there. And the reason is very simple. By winning yesterday's tournament, she automatically receives her LPGA card. Uh, that was quick. I won't say it was easy, but that was certainly quick. And uh, is eligible for the Solheim Cup, uh, a Ryder Cup type of competition, international competition. I believe they said it was going to be in Spain. Uh so, bottom line, it was a tiger-like Nike ad moment saying hello world with her uh, theatrical sudden death finish. And, you know, she is just someone who suddenly everybody's going to be keeping their eyes on as they were. Everybody was pretty tuned in, myself included. I'm a good example of someone who uh, went out of my way. Uh, once she crossed into my radar uh, by watching her at Augusta just about two months ago, uh, early, uh, early April, uh, the week before the actual tournament. And uh, what she did there was pretty amazing as well. And uh, so it's, I've always loved, as I've said many times on the show, uh, prodigies and to see how they arrive on the scene and uh, will they fulfill their promise. And nobody, I don't know that anybody has ever quite arrived on the scene like Rose did yesterday. Again, winning her professional debut. You cannot overstate what a big deal that is. And, uh, you know, it's, the only person I think in golf you can compare her arrival on the, her tour to is, is Tiger, of course, who we all knew about from watching his amateur exploits. Uh, the one out, at, I believe, Pumpkin Ridge in Oregon, where he wore the orange and was involved in a great final day there to win that tournament uh, as an amateur, uh, was... You know, something I still remember. Obviously, I remember what he's wearing. So, tells you all you need to know. So, Rose, uh, again, could be headed for the pantheon of these great prodigies who take spectacular, legendary amateur careers into being a professional. And we're all going to be watching to see where she will go from here. Uh, on the sticking with the golfing front, Victor Hovland. Uh, pulled off a nice victory at Jack's tournament. Uh, Jack Nicklaus, that would be, of course, yesterday up in Dublin, Ohio, with an overtime sudden death victory. Uh, and he has been uh, right on the edges of some, you know, recently on the leaderboard on final days, most specifically the PGA tournament up in Rochester just a week or two ago. And uh, so he broke through. Got this victory, uh, got the handshake from Jack Nicholas, and uh, and good for him. Uh, he, he's been around for a while. We all know his name, and now he suddenly uh, pulled off a, a sudden death victory. Um, 
uh, of a big, big tournament. Very important tournament, as we all know. Switching sports, my bizarre story of the week is the Miami Heat, yet again, proving everyone wrong by dealing Denver, the Nuggets, their first home playoff loss last night with just uh, an eruption in the fourth quarter. Uh, they had lost game one. Uh, ugly, ugly loss. Uh, their first game in altitude uh, for this playoffs, but they bounced back for game two last night. Again, they seem to have solved. Uh, and this goes right back to Eric Spolstra. They seem to have solved whatever the Nuggets were doing to dominate them in game one uh, a few nights ago. And so the Heat, what can you say? I mean, they just keep doing what they do. We're hearing a lot about Heat culture. That's probably the new buzzword of these finals. And yesterday, they last night, they just seemed to uh, serve notice. That, you know, here they are. They're back being the team that beat the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks in the in the first round, I believe. Um, had to get get there by winning the play-in tournament just to get in the playoffs. And of course, they beat the Celtics in seven games. Fantastic theater, to say the least. Derek White's shot to win it, game six down in Miami, and then the Heat roll into Boston and just uh, embarrass the Celtics in game seven, to put a mildly coast-to-coast, uh, wire-to-wire victory there. And here they are now in the finals, and they're heading back to Miami for games three and four. Uh, Wednesday night is game three, and uh, suddenly... They appear to have the upper hand, uh, and we'll see how they perform down there. But uh, keep in mind that against in the Celtic series, you know, it was almost better to be the away team than the home team. The way it turned out, more more visit, visiting teams seem to be winning than the home team. So uh, no guarantees just because they're going down back to Miami that they're gonna uh, you know win those games. But last night. They really stopped Jokic, the world's best basketball player, uh, from a lot of assists. I think he had four assists, had 40 points. But a big part of his game is, you know, involving his teammates. And that's maybe the secret to their success. And they seemed to shut it down last night. That goes right back to adjustments made after game one by their terrific coach, Eric Spolstra. My low light of the week is the Florida Panthers' Matthew Kachuk throwing really a needless punch with four or five minutes to go in game one against the Las Vegas Knights. And uh, so he got ejected for those final minutes in game one of the Stanley Cup finals on Saturday night. And uh, it, it was a, a low light for the simple reason that he has had one of the great postseason runs in NHL Stanley Cup history. Uh, practically single-handedly took out the Bruins and has kept it right up with these overtime goals and whatnot. And I was watching the game live, of course, and, you know, the Panthers, I think, were down two goals. But, you know, with him in the lineup, that's not something they could uh, not overcome, especially once they pulled the goalie and had an advantage. Instead, he just uh, seemed to lose his head for a second through just a meaningless punch uh, during a scrum. And 
So he was off the ice into the locker room, and that just seemed to take all hope for the Panthers right out of it, uh, right out of there, because he's their guy. If they were going to score two goals in the final four minutes to tie it, he was the guy who was going to do it. So it was uh, interesting to see. And again, he, it's maybe his first misstep of this magical playoff run of the Panthers, of which he is far and away the leader of all that. Um, of course, uh, being from Boston, I uh, everybody in Boston still has nightmares of Matthew Kachuk. Uh, leading them to one of the great upsets in sports history, given that the Bruins had the best regular season in hockey history, and the Panthers and Kachuk took them out in the first round uh, after being down 3-1 in games and uh, down in Game 7, which they ultimately won in overtime, of course. So, uh, yeah, it's great time of year you have the nba finals and the nhl finals occurring at the exact same time doesn't get a whole lot better than that um and based on the first couple games uh it look they look like they could be good ones and uh, we haven't even gotten to the good ones hopefully we do get there because there have been as we know some sweeps the panthers swept the a good carolina hurricanes team um but you what we all want is uh you know, series still undecided as we move into games five, six, and seven um, in both sports. That's uh, the essence of the competition that we're all looking for, unless we're actual fans of the teams that are involved. Then it's a different story, and you want a sweep or a gentleman sweep or want it over quickly with your team winning the championship, obviously. So now let's take our break, and next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time here on voiceamerica.com as humans we suffer when we believe we are not good enough we are taught we must be better look better try harder and achieve more 
We cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness. We don't have to live this way. You don't have to live this way. Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well, joins us. And AP, how you doing today? Hey, John, doing very well. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you, as always, for calling. And AP, I, I believe you've been on the road uh, recently and attended some pretty good events, I take it, and... Uh, Love to hear all about it. I know that you were excited about some of the uh, sports-related events you were going to be attending. Yeah, John, uh, I had the chance to, to attend the Jimmy Rain Charity Golf event, and that's he hosts 70 people, and there's a, a guest speaker this year was Terry Bradshaw, so we know that he's very wow. entertaining. Very. But there are all type of former former coaches there and players and personalities, and that was in Montgomery, Alabama. And he started off that event with uh, one scholarship about 20 years ago. Now it's up to 60 scholarships. It's up to over 600. I think it's 620. And applied to all these students through the years. So that was a fabulous event in Montgomery, Alabama. So that was a lot of fun. That was my first event. Wow. That sounds awesome. Terry Bradshaw, he he must have been – he is very entertaining. You said it perfectly. And uh, he must have been great. Oh, yeah, John, he's funny, and he's irreverent, and he'll say anything. <laughs> he will. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's great. You got yeah. to see him. So, uh, yeah, he's just, he, and he imitates his former players and coaches, and he's he just, uh, uh, he's, he captivates the audience. I mean, there's this full attention. I think he spoke for a little bit over 30 minutes oh, to wow. a group That's of good. maybe, I think it was about 900 people. Oh my, that's a big one. 
Um, yes, yeah. I'm sure you would hold the audience in the palm of his hand. Uh, he is, you know, very, very entertaining, as you said. And uh, anything related to football, if it's a football audience, then all the better. Um, he's just uh, unique, would be the word in my mind. Very, very unique. Oh, yeah. His, his personality is personality plus. Personality. I, mean, I don't know if there's any more. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just like he's on a stage. He could be on like a a stage actually instead sure. of a podium. Oh, no he's doubt about his, it. Uh, talk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He and I believe maybe he did do something along those lines. AP, where he literally almost did like a uh, maybe a one man Broadway type of show or something along those lines. If I have that correct. Right. Uh, I, I saw that in a, yeah, in a bio. Up. Yeah, right. Yeah, stand up. Yeah, I, I, he he's entered that he entered that field a long time ago. Of course, he's on the football Sunday during the season, and oh yeah, and uh, yeah, he just he's funny. Oh yeah, no, he, he he's a football lifer and beyond. I mean, that's what makes him unique. Is he's goes beyond that. Of course, he was in movies. I had the pleasure of covering him. During their Super Bowl years as a young Cub reporter and in the locker room at his press conferences at Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh. And, of course, I've never forgotten that as long as I live. I mean, he, he sticks with you. That's for sure. When you meet him or, <laughs> in, or see him in person. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he was fun. And, of course, there's other people at the event, too, Todd Jones. And, oh, I'm trying to think of some other people. Uh, Bobby Humphrey, uh, mm. Buck Baloo, and uh, Bo Jackson, and uh, Sonny Smith, and Wimp Sanderson, and Lawson Newsome, and Johnny Davis, and wow. uh, uh, let me see, uh, yeah, a lot of royalty. people there. I could say 70 plus people, yeah. Yeah, football royalty, to say the least. Um, yeah. And that wasn't the only, the only uh, football-related event you were at, is that correct, in the past week or two? Yeah, I was at the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I can't remember if that was before or after because it's been a long uh, two, three weeks here. But I was at the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. So Carlos Dansby was inducted and Roman Harper and uh, on the basketball side, Gerald Wallace and uh, Theo Ratliff and Larry Keenan and Jackie Sherrill and um, the first female golfer at LSU. She became the coach for 34 years as well. She's from Mobile. Wow. So, uh, that was a, a great event as well. I'm sure. That just sounds great, AP. I'm so glad you, uh, you know, got to do those fun things right there in Alabama where you're at. So even better that they were local. Right, right. And uh, and then, John, we had the chance to go up to the Greenbrier at West Virginia for the West Virginia Game Changers. It's a program designed to rid the state of West Virginia of the opioid and drug use by primarily children. And so had, uh, the, two, the governor of West Virginia, the two senators, and the primary speaker was uh, Roy Williams, the former North Carolina basketball coach. And Joe Bo- sure. uh, Bo- Bozek runs that program. Uh, he was a former SID for Don Nealon at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Joe called me up once. Uh, you know, Joe Bozek, his name is, and Joe does a great job organizing that event. That's another big event 
800, 900 people as well. At the spectacularly beautiful Greenbrier in West Virginia. Uh, yeah. It's a special place. It truly is. I've had the pleasure to be there <laughs> yes, once back is. in the day, and it's really something else. So that's awesome that you got to go there. Yeah, yeah it was spectacular. That's a great event. And of course, the resort itself is a lot of fun. Yes, uh, nestled in the mountains, the beautiful mountains of West Virginia. Um, no, it just sounds great. Um, again, I'm really glad you got to go there. Uh, I know it was not your first time either. No, this is the third year of the event, so I've been to all three. And I look okay. forward to attending next year as well. That's fabulous. Um, and who... who so, who were some of the big names from the sports world that were there, AP? Yeah, yeah, Daryl Talley, you know, you're, uh, West Virginia, uh, Major Harris, West Virginia, uh, Bob Huggins was there, basketball coach, um, um, and uh, remember they had the quarterback from West Virginia, was it Mark Bolgen, is that his name, right? His sister was the MC. She played yes. basketball. Yeah, Mark Bolger, well. he played for the uh, St. Louis Rams, I believe. Yeah, uh, very that good was, yeah, that was it. Okay, sure. Wow. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah so that was, that's fun. I know there was a host of other people. I just It's hard to remember everybody, John. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is, AP. No doubt about it. But it's, again, you mentioned, you know, Terry Bradshaw and, you know, you've a lot of football royalty names and certainly uh, – like Daryl Talley, uh, you know, I actually covered him back in the day when he was at West Virginia, believe it or not. And, of course, right. he went on to become a great player for those legendary uh, Buffalo Bills teams that went to four straight Super Bowls. Unfortunately for them, didn't win any. But he, uh, big name. He's football royalty in West Virginia. And uh, so that just sounds incredible. So... Um, I'm glad you got to, you know, make the rounds, so to speak. And I know all these, uh, events are, you know, kind of near and dear to your heart. It feels like you've been to, Oh, oh yeah, they are. Yeah. What, oh yeah. John, one other name I wanted to mention, Anthony Beck, you know, Anthony's coaching in the, uh, XFL for St. Louis. Correct. Correct. And if I remember correctly, uh, again, West Virginia, if I remember correctly, Anthony played yes. there and you and I met him at the, uh, American athletic conference football media, uh, days down in Newport, Rhode Island a few years ago. Do I have that right? Yes, I believe so. I think that's yes. where we met. We met Anthony. I believe so. And he was terrific. Couldn't, couldn't have been a nicer guy. He, he does a lot of media down on the Gulf coast of Florida, uh, prior to his coaching. Um, very savvy, yeah. friendly, impressive guy, you know, by all accounts. Yes. So, uh, so I'm not surprised he was up yes, there in West he, Virginia. Right, right. Yes, he is. Yes. He's terrific. Uh, well, AP, this is great stuff. I really appreciate you sharing everything with us. Uh, we've quickly come to the end of our first segment together. So why don't we take our break now? And next up, we're going to get to one of our favorite uh, shows of the year, which is uh, the college football 
2024 Hall of Fame nominees were announced uh, just a little over an hour ago. And we have the list and we'll go through some of the names and the new nominees for this year's uh, for the 2024 College Football Hall of Fame. So don't go anywhere. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. This week, Jim and Travel stop by an offshore bull and cow dolphin tournament as they head into the deep gulf for massive grouper with Captain Jack Carlson with two conch sport fishing. Then they'll target sea ducks and whitetails on the coast of Maine and forage for cattail and autumn olive with Daniel Vitalis from Wild Fed. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we spent last segment talking about some terrific events that you attended over the weekend, uh, over the past couple weeks, excuse me, and... Uh, it just sounded great, uh, you know, football focus, shall we say, including 
uh, being present for a speech by the iconic Terry Bradshaw. But it sounds like you have, uh, you know, a lot of information available for our viewers if they would like to uh, delve a little deeper. Yeah, John, they could check my Facebook page at AP Stedham. And also I was at the SEC spring meetings in Destin, Florida last week as well. So I think there's at least 15 or so interviews from there from various coaches and they can check that out and all the prior events that we discussed uh, in Alabama uh, as well and, and West Virginia. So you can see all those interviews, the videos, and uh, I've captured those and placed it on my Facebook page at AP Stedham as well. That sounds great, AP. And uh, yeah, so there was a lot of chatter around the SEC spring meetings, given that they were considering going from eight to nine conference games, I believe. They settled on eight for the time being, but uh, again, that was getting a lot of pub, no doubt about it. Right. Yeah, yeah John, and, and the interesting thing, they're not going to announce it until June 14th, John, this, the eight games. Really? So that's a little bit of a mystery as well, yeah. And they're going to have yeah, that, that eight-game schedule, uh, of course, this year. But that 2024 was the uh, was the year that they announced the eight games. And then moving forward, in terms of whether it will be eight or nine after the 2024 season, we know Oklahoma, Texas will be on board. Um, 24, I believe it is. So um, this is all going to be very interesting on June 14th when the schedule is announced. Yes, the American Athletic Conference announced theirs last week, or at least some of them. I know, I know there was a couple of, uh, you know, just some kickoff times for the early season games. You know, it's not the full information, but it was a lot of good stuff. Uh, of course, the American Athletic is a conference we've followed closely over the years. And uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, it's conferences are already releasing some information. Uh, so, yeah, we'll look forward to June 14th, AP. Um, yeah, for SEC. The, the 2024 SEC schedule, yeah. So yeah. next year's yeah. schedule, we don't know. Yeah, well, that'll be a big deal, to say the least. It's, it's the SEC, oh, yes. the ruling conference these days of college football, to say the least. Um, and AP, sticking with college football, and as I mentioned at the end of the previous segment, the 2024 College Football Hall of Fame nominees were announced, and... It's a long list, but there are some that are on the ballot for the first time. Uh, AP is a longtime Patriot season ticket holder. The first name that jumped off the page at me uh, was Richard Seymour, defensive tackle from Georgia, uh, well known as, you know, the anchor of the great Patriots defense when they won those first three Super Bowls in the early 2000s. AP, I've said this before, I always compared the Patriots bringing him in to the Steelers bringing Joe Green in in 1969, Chuck Knoll's first ever draft pick. I think his second was Terry Bradshaw in 1970, the following year, speaking of Bradshaw, as you did. Right. But Richard Seymour, he was a game wrecker, and he was dominant, uh, as we well know, and uh, I, I was just thrilled to see his name on the list. It's just, again, SEC, as we just discussed. Georgia, all of it. He just a great player, and he changed. You know, he was one of the key contributors of those first few Super Bowls that the Patriots won. Oh yeah, huge man, huge uh, man, lo- very large, very large, uh, six six or Thick. so, and uh, I thought of with him. well built, athletic, 
and I was with him when he was inducted into the Pro Football of Fame, and that was okay. announced at the uh, in Los Angeles at the stadium for, for that Super Bowl that was uh, right. two years ago. So, yeah, Richard exactly. Seymour, defensive tackle, Georgia, great ball player. Great ball player, no doubt about it. Um, and there's another huge name on the list as well, new, uh, Michael Vick, quarterback, Virginia Tech. We all remember him. He did uh, maybe you know, one of the greatest running quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks of all time. But he, he certainly uh, burst onto the scene at Virginia Tech, elevating that program into national championship level program, to say the least. Yeah, John, he's got, he has to be one of the fastest quarterbacks of all time college football, I would think. Oh, Pure absolutely. Straight ahead speed. No doubt about it, in my mind. Um, yes, he, he was electric. Uh, I still remember him, and I think a lot of people do, when they went into uh, Green Bay on a, for a playoff game on a very cold, surprise, surprise, January, Saturday night, and pulled one of the great, greatest upsets in NFL playoff history, in my estimation, where Vic and the Falcons you know, beat Brett Favre and the Packers in Lambeau. And I think that was that game, that performance took him to the next level. I really do. Oh, yeah. I, I can remember him, John. I, I believe he, he played against Alabama in the uh, Music City Bowl. And he, they just beat Alabama, one of their worst bowl losses of all time, I believe. Is that right? Wow. Um, yeah. Well, beating yeah. Alabama anywhere in any circumstances is, is a big deal. And, uh, of course, he was a lefty, so he had that very distinctive left-handed throwing motion that once you see it, you don't forget it. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so interesting to see his name on, um, another one that I just found fascinating, Michael Orr, offensive lineman, Ole Miss, better known as the star of the blind side, the, the, the great movie, one of the great sports movies ever, I believe. And, uh, you know, went on to play for the Ravens, but he is now on the uh, on the ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame. I, I knew he was good. I, I didn't know he was necessarily, you know, Hall of Fame good. But he, he is now. That's certainly Hall of Fame nominee good, to say the least. Oh yeah, he was a good offensive lineman at Ole Miss, and that movie spread his legend. Sure so, did. Yeah, he's. I, I met him once down at the Walter Camp Football Foundation uh, event. Really? Okay. Yeah, he seems like a very, very likable guy. You know, I've seen him interviewed a number of times. We all have. I mean, you said the key word, legend. And he was that and more. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, that that must have been pretty cool to meet him. You're not meeting just a football player. You're meeting, again, someone who was, uh, who they made a movie about. That elevates anybody's legend. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was uh, an interesting person. Yes, I'm sure he was, AP. No doubt about it. Um, another one, uh, speaking of the Ravens, who Michael Orr played for, uh, another nominee was uh, Terrell Suggs. Uh, played for the Ravens, of course, part of that fabulous defense that they've had over the years. 
and you know ultimately became kind of the leader i think he was you know learned under and with of course played with ray lewis and then i think he stuck around a couple years after ray lewis retired and was the anchor of that defense um so yeah great player no doubt about it and uh, again came out of arizona state Arizona State, yeah, he was an undersized pass rusher, highly productive. Mm-hmm. Highly, no doubt about it. And we always talk SEC, of which you are an expert. And I see Takeo Spikes. I believe he played for the Buffalo Bills, uh, as we we talked about the Bills earlier, and Daryl Talley, um, who you saw at an event this uh, recently, this couple weeks ago up in West Virginia. But Takeo Spikes. Distinctive name, linebacker, Auburn. And again, went on to a great career uh, in the pros. Again, the team that jumps out to me that he played for was uh, the Bills, but I think maybe he played for the Bengals as well, if I'm not mistaken. Right, yeah. He's a great ball player at Auburn and in the pros and long career, uh, All-American, excellent player. Uh, John, I just wanted to go back to that Virginia Tech game. That was uh, actually the quarterback was Al Clark. That was one of Alabama's worst loss, uh, that Nebraska way back in the 1971 team versus Nebraska. But uh, that was one of Alabama's worst bowl losses uh, of all time, biggest bowl loss. Uh, really? And, and, yeah, biggest bowl. Yeah, th- and, but Tech's 31-point margin was the biggest bowl win in, in school history at that time. I don't know if it still is, but and it was the biggest bowl loss for Alabama since the 72 Orange Bowl. But, yeah, it was Al Clark was the quarterback for Virginia Tech. I was thinking it was Michael Vick. But sure, sure. He, no, he just, you know, just in my mind, I just remembered him. But it was sure. Al Clark. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, well, AP, we've come to the end of our second segment together. Uh, still have a few more things to get to, which we'll do on the other side. So don't go anywhere. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Millions of people do not have children. Around the world, becoming a parent may be an unrealized dream and increasingly a deliberate choice. Yet our experiences remain largely unacknowledged across cultures, families, and friendships. Unconscious bias in public and workplace policy, media narratives, and educational content often renders us invisible. New Legacy Radio reveals these missing stories through the perspectives of our community and allies as we work to achieve meaningful change that recognizes our true and diverse experiences. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show sports america listeners welcome back to the fourth and final segment of all around sports i'm your host john inglesby Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the Miami Heat hosting the Denver Nuggets in Game 3 of the NBA Finals. It'll be this Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now that the series is knotted up at 1-1, uh... Game three is a big one, to say the least. And the Miami Heat, we now have a series with the Miami Heat winning game two out in Denver. Well, AP, we were talking last uh, segment, of course, about the 2024 College Football Hall of Fame nominees being announced. And we talked about a few names, but a huge name that we didn't get to, but I want to get to right off the bat, Larry Fitzgerald, wide receiver, Pitt. AP, some people think he's the greatest wide receiver in the history of college football. Which is a bold statement. They they couldn't guard him. Yeah, no, he had tremendous hands, John. That's what I recall about Larry Fitzgerald. Yes, absolutely. He, uh, you know, of course we like him. The media loves him because his father was a sports writer (laughs) uh, up in uh, Minneapolis, where he's from. And AP, he's an all-time pit legend, and that's saying something. He's, you you know, you, you could probably make the case he's right there with, you know, Tony Dorsett. Need I say more? And not to mention a whole lot of others, like, uh, you know, Matt Cavanaugh and the like. Yeah, yeah, John, you read his bio, Heisman Trophy runner-up, first sophomore ever to win the Walter Camp Player of the Year. Yes, yes. And, uh, And then, you know, of course he has, it's great when you have a highlight, even though it wasn't college, it was when he played with the Cardinals, but it's something that every sports fan will remember forever, which, of course, was the Super Bowl uh, here in Tampa against the Steelers and uh, long pass from Kurt Warner, and he was running down the middle of the field, free as free can be, and he scoring what could what was the go-ahead and could have been the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl, and we all remember him like looking up at the scoreboard, watching himself run. And that's one of the great highlights in NFL history, I believe. Yeah, he, he was a big physical receiver. Yep. 
that's what I remember about him, his ability to catch the ball and adjust in the air. Yeah. And his body would be contorted, and he would still make the catch. didn't matter. As long as it hit his hands, it was probably a reception. Correct. Yeah. In, you know, in traffic much of the time. And again, like you said, big and strong. So he had no problem pulling it down in traffic. And uh, no, it's just, again, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, just one of the great players in college football history. He's a household name. There's no way to say it, no other way to say it. He was a household name coming out of college. And uh, and then he built his legend even further. And now he's, you know, into the media. He's a good announcer and commentator. And uh, so he's built himself quite a career. And again, in so many ways, you know, uh, some of the high, uh, one of the highest acclaims you can give any sports figure is when you say literally household name. Uh, any every sports fan knows Larry Fitzgerald. Period. Um, speak of, another name that's a great name, actually, and I think we he sticks with us because of his great name is Monte Ball on the ballot uh, from Wisconsin, running back, and you know one of one in a long line of what has become, you know. Uh, the way Penn State is linebacker you, in many ways, Wisconsin has become running back you. <laughs> and uh, right. and they just keep them coming. And good to see Monte Ball's uh, name on the ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame 2024 because he was just a spectacular player. John, the production with touchdowns, it tied Barry Sanders single season 39 and then the NCAA record single season points. Mm-hmm. 236, John. I mean, some teams don't score that much, do they? I don't know. No, I, I totally agree. No, he, he was – I'm trying to think where he ranked or where he fell in the uh, lengthy list of, you know, terrific Wisconsin running backs. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm feeling like he was one of the first. He kind of got it going, and now they just produce him every right, year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. Three straight uh, Rose Bowl games of uh, 100 yards plus. Only player in the history of that game. Well, there you go. There's something that uh, right there. That's something you can hang your hat on as make as being Hall of Fame worthy, <laughs> to say the least. Um, another name I'm looking at AP. Uh, you know some big uh, defensive names. You, you, you know you forget how. I'll speak for myself. I forget, you, you know, how great players these were until I see their name on these ballots. Dion Figures, cornerback out of Colorado. Terrence Newman, defensive back out of Kansas State. These guys were just spectacular players. They were names we all knew. Yeah. You know, first-team All-America types, to put them mildly. Oh, yeah, consensus All-Americans and winner of the Thorpe Award and defensive player of the year for the Big Eight at the time. And um, played on the Colorado 1990 National Championship team, uh, three conference championships, three-time Big Eight performer, uh, 27 pass breakups in his career, 13 interceptions. Yeah, I mean, these guys were historical figures at their universities. I mean, you playing on the national championship, everybody – One's going to remember the best defensive player, one of them on 
that side of the ball. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, AP, moving to coaches, because th- there's also coach nominees. Uh, Mark D'Antonio from Michigan State. I believe he's on the ballot for the first time. I don't remember seeing his name before. And uh, I don't know, recall seeing his name. No, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he resurrected that program. I mean, for... You know, we all remember the great 1966 Michigan State team and the 10-10 tie with, you know, Notre Dame, of course. Uh, but, you, you know, uh, he, he really, really brought that team back to prominence in a big way, a huge way, actually. Oh, yeah. He's uh, winning as coach in that school's uh, history. And yes, then, there you go. And John, they won Duffy three Big Legend. Ten titles at Michigan State. That's 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 uh, very difficult to win the title at Michigan State. Yes. And lastly, AP, another name that caught my eye, Coach Frank Solich, Nebraska, but also at Ohio University. And I say that because he grew up in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. I don't have to look that one up. <laughs> and uh, went on to great success. So I'm certainly rooting for him. Um, Johnstown, Pennsylvania is about a half an hour from where I grew up. Uh, rival city of my city of Altoona. So it was great to see Frank right. Solich's name because, you know, he went from a small school, Ohio University, and really did a great job out of Nebraska, which is, you know, a big deal, to put it mildly. Oh, yeah, he did. He did a great job at Nebraska and uh... – Winning as coach in MAC history. Yeah, there you go. 12 straight non-losing seasons, 11 bowl game appearances, and uh, two times he was the Big 12 coach of the year. Exactly, yes. Just a terrific career. You know, I don't feel like he's really gotten the, the credit or the fame that maybe he deserves. He was an understated guy, but had a great career. And, yes, he was. You know, held as the highest of high profile jobs as the coach in Nebraska coming out of a small school. So uh, good to see that name on the list. Uh, I'm certainly rooting for him. And uh, yeah. So AP, again, this is one of our funnest days of the year. We love when this ballot comes out and taking a trip down memory lane, talking about names we haven't may not have thought about for a while. And, uh, and just great. Again, Always one of our favorites. So it'll be interesting to see who gets in. That's for sure. These are nominees. They're not in yet, but they're certainly uh, no. there's certainly a few on the of the names we covered today that guaranteed will be in. No doubt about it. Yeah, and John, people can vote because uh, there's thousands of voters. You can belong to a local chapter and place your vote. I think it and does it end maybe the the end of June? The voting, John. I'm not sure exactly, um, okay. but. I think it's the end you of know, June, uh, something like that. So yeah, yeah. People who are listening, or or yeah, the voting deadline is June thirtieth. It sure is, right here. I'm reading. There you go. Well, that gives us the whole month, so we'll have to uh, uh, jump on that quickly. Um, well, AP, I just want to thank you as always for calling in, sharing the great events that you attended, and talking College Football Hall of Fame nominees just released today, and just great job as always. We appreciate it. Hey, thank you, John. My pleasure. And thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. 
Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. We'll be right back.